Hey, Jen, want to talk about finding forgiveness after betrayal? Well, I'll never forgive you for getting me into this. Great. Today, we're going to discuss walking through the difficult path of forgiveness and restoration after betrayal. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast where we believe the Bible and great marriage sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We are Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And today on the podcast, we're talking about betrayal in our marriages and how we can learn to move past those feelings of hurt and resentment, bitterness, grief, and anger towards a deeper and stronger relationship. That's a big topic. That's a big topic. (laughs) That's a big task, admittedly. But we're going to try to talk about maybe some guidelines to help focus us on that journey towards restoration. Uh, It's all too easy to kind of get caught up in the moments of uh, emotion, and and certainly, you know, deservedly so. When you're betrayed, you should feel hurt. Uh, But we're going to help hopefully talk about trying to move past that a little bit. The, The idea for this podcast, this topic, comes from an email that um, was sent to us. Um, and Jen, why don't you read the email? All right. Before I read the email, man, I do have to give a shout out, a thank you to our listeners. Um, I was not well last week. And so Matt had to go solo. And thank you to all of our listeners for continuing to listen to one person talk about marriage. Yeah, as, as terrible as it was to listen to just Not my terrible, voice for the whole no, episode. But thank you, Matt, for holding down the boat and giving me another week to, to heal. And I will go ahead and say to all of our listeners, if our throats sound a little scratchy or you hear a little throat clearing, just please excuse us. We're still getting over the illness, but uh, we are much better. Yes. And uh, as most things uh, in this relationship, it's more fun when both of us get to participate. Yes, that is true. So here we are. All right. So let me read this email. Hi, Matt and Jen. I've been listening to your podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and pointing us towards Christ. I have a question. What happens when one person has been deeply hurt by their spouse? I'm not talking about faithfulness, but a decision was made when our hearts were not aligned. I realize that without going into specifics, this may be hard to offer advice, but I'd love anything you have to offer. I am definitely the responder in the sexual relationship. I have been really hurt, and it is greatly affecting our intimacy. We've been married 10 years and had our issues with sex, but now that I feel so hurt, I'm not even sure how to be able to have sex. The last few times, it was all I could do to not cry. Thank you for anything you have to offer. My heart just oh, feels deeply, yes. this this email. You can really um, feel the pain and, and right. just the hurt. Right, Certainly. the hurt, the hurt. And and though she doesn't use the word, I think really what she's getting at is that she feels betrayed. Certainly. And we often use the word betrayal, I think, 
meaning just this big, huge capital B letter betrayal um, to talk about when one spouse has sexually betrayed another spouse. And certainly that is a form of huge betrayal. But like she says in her email, um, that wasn't the case. That's not where the the hurt for her is coming from. Um, But you can still feel that intense betrayal when your spouse has hurt you oh, sure. in other ways. Well, b- betrayal occurs in many forms and different degrees. But right. a- anytime there's a, a loss of trust or anytime a, a trust is uh, taken advantage of uh, or neglected, um, that's when betrayal occurs. And so right. I, I think and that's exactly what she's describing. And absolutely. she's describing the hurt that comes from that. Right. And, and the ramifications from that, right? Sure. I mean, clearly their sexual intimacy is greatly affected. So even though this betrayal wasn't of a sexual nature, it very much is affecting their sexual intimacy, which is what happens in marriage, right? right. You you can't have a problem exist in a bubble and it not affect all realms of your Absolutely. intimacy and especially sexually. Sure. So it's not sexual betrayal, right? But sexual betrayal can happen in marriage. That's infidelities, affairs, but... Really, even porn, too, right. is a sexual betrayal. Um, and, you know, we had a previous episode where there was a betrayal that happened because one spouse felt free to explain or share details about their sex life with a friend when the, and, the, and that hurt the other spouse. So, right, that sure. was even That's also a betrayal. A betrayal. Um, there, there could even be things like financial betrayal. Right. Um, making financial decisions uh, without your spouse's knowledge or even against their will. Right. Um, you know, that that's a huge betrayal. Uh, emotional betrayals, like having a secret or an, an inappropriate emotional relationship with someone else, um, that can result in uh, a betrayal, especially when, when that comes to fruition. Um, relational betrayals, such as when your spouse doesn't stand up for you, uh, when, with respect to your extended family, or with uh, in in a group of friends, when your spouse doesn't stand up for you, that feels like a betrayal. Right. So there, there's all kinds of betrayals. Right. And and again, it doesn't have to be a sexual betrayal in order for it to be betrayal and for it to hurt. Right. And so her question is, what do you do with that? Because it is going to affect your intimacy. And how do you how do you confront that? How do you deal with that? Do you confront it? Um, and so that, that, that's where our question is. Yeah, so I, think, I, I think one point to, mm-hmm. to make here before you move on, and you kind of alluded to this, but she mentions that this betrayal is affecting their sexual intimacy. Yeah. And I, I would, I think, challenge her to even step back and recognize that it's probably affecting all of their intimacy. True, true. It's, it's putting a barrier and a wall between them spiritually and emotionally and, and in every other way as well. Right. Right, uh, and so because of that, the first step to admit to dealing with betrayal and feelings of betrayal is to first admit that a betrayal has occurred, and to confront your spouse with those feelings that you have. You have to confront those feelings yourself, and you also have to confront your spouse with those feelings. Right. I think it's so important to not try to ignore and suppress feelings of betrayal. Um, and all too often we think uh, that the right 
way to handle a hurt is just to keep it to ourselves, which is absolutely the wrong way to handle it when we are supposed to be one. Right. The good, holy, righteous Christians just handle pain without even feeling it. And that's just ridiculous. It is. Ridiculous is a good word for it. Right. (laughs) So number one, I think you first, if I were giving advice to this wife, first confront your own feelings. Allow yourself to feel your feelings. She's talking about wanting to cry during sex. That's because sex is meant to be this incredible place of connection. Mm -hmm. And when that connection is missing, you should want to cry. You're, what's supposed to be beautiful and sacred and a bonding is very painful for her right now because that connection is, is missing. So the first step is don't ignore that. Confront that. Yeah, could, Allow yourself to feel that. Right. The, the longer you try to suppress that, those feelings of hurt and anguish, even though you feel like maybe you've already had the discussion one time, uh, the, the answer is not to suppress those feelings when they right. come up again. The answer is to share those feelings with your spouse so that you can deal with them together. Right. And in that way, then, you're not just feeling those feelings and harboring the resentment that's going to come from yes. that. You're able to share that and approach it from a, a we standpoint right. and deal with it together. Right. You, it's important that we learn to express our disappointments and betrayals to one another, but it has to be done in a loving of way. Of course. It and does, we don't know the conversations that have hopefully already happened within this marriage, but just because you've talked about something one time doesn't mean that the other spouse no longer feels something about that <laughs> right. subject, right? So right. I think in general in marriage, we all have to approach it from the standpoint that m- multiple conversations may need to happen. That doesn't mean that the one conversation wasn't good and that maybe forgiveness wasn't being expressed in one conversation, but that doesn't just wipe the slate clean and make all those feelings go go away, right? And so I think we have to learn how to express our disappointments and our betrayals, even if we've already talked about it before, but it has to be done in a loving way. We have to show respect for one another. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And and I think even uh, in the same way, uh, we're often tempted to minimize our feelings. True. We think, well, it could have been worse, so maybe I'm just making a big deal about this, or I shouldn't be so sensitive, or I shouldn't be so jealous, or I shouldn't be so immature. Uh, stop minimizing those feelings. The, the more that you push them aside, the more you allow those feelings to take root in your heart and to begin to grow a place of resentment. Right. And that's exactly what's happening. The fact that she wants to cry during the act that's supposed to be bonding them together says that those feelings have not been voiced and therefore she is feeling resentment within that moment. And so, yes, stop minimizing that and start doing the hard work Mm -hmm. of confronting that. And I think we have to then be willing to tear down those walls of bitterness, resentment that get built within our heart. If you're feeling those feelings, then you're building walls. Yeah. So you have to be willing to address that, to approach that, and to recognize where those feelings are putting a wall between you and your spouse. Right. Because betrayal is, in essence, trauma, right? right? And and therefore, you will instinctively build a wall. I mean, I feel like your entire marriage is going to just be a series of 
building little walls and tearing that back down, maybe building a wall and tearing it back down, always being willing to recognize when those walls are, you're tempted to be building those walls between you and doing that hard work of continually confronting, acknowledging, and tearing down those walls together. Because really healing has to come in the form of reconnection, right? You've got to reconnect. And and clearly this couple is missing one another. And one spouse may not even be aware of the other spouse and, and how much oh, reconnection is, or and it may is not, needed. Yeah, and it may not be that the, the husband in, in this example is necessarily doing anything wrong. He may feel like the situation's resolved because she hasn't spoken fully Could the extent be. of her hurt. Right. And she hasn't spoken the, the fact that this past hurt is causing her difficulty connecting in a sexual way. Right. Um, it, now, I would beg to... Uh, I, I would suggest that this husband probably can tell that she's holding back something in sex. If she's on the verge of tears, he, Absolutely. Knows, Absolutely. he knows that that's the case. Um, but uh, So I would encourage them both that they just need to be d- to talking about this. Right. Because like you said, healing is going to come in that reconnection uh, in every sense, in every way. And that can only happen if you're willing to first admit that there's been a disconnect. Uh, identify where are you separating and isolating yourself, whether it's in your mind, your heart, your spirit, your body. Where are you withholding? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, what are you afraid to share? Mm-hmm. Where are you losing that connection? Because intimacy is going to require your honesty and vulnerability. Right. You, you have to be able to confront yourself and confront your feelings right. and bring that to the table. Right. So first step is admit those feelings of betrayal and confront both yourself and your spouse. Because if there's to really be restoration, a reconciliation and the redemption that comes from that, you know, the offending spouse, number one, has to know. But then they have to be willing to demonstrate remorse and repentance themselves, Right. 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 And and frankly, some spouses might not be willing to see the need to seek your forgiveness. Yeah. They, That's they a may hard not, place. Yeah, they may not be willing to admit that there's going to be wrongdoing. And that's a really difficult place to be when you have one spouse who's not willing to move towards restoration or not willing to admit when they're wrong. We, we can't go down that path entirely today. Maybe right. that's a different um episode that we can get into. Right. How, how do you handle it when your spouse doesn't see the need for for uh, forgiveness? Yeah, or isn't, yeah. isn't willing to admit when they've been wrong or when right. they've hurt your feelings. But just because your spouse has shut down the conversation doesn't mean that you should not seek accountability. Absolutely. If, if they won't have the conversation with you, then you need to force the conversation with somebody else, meaning right. you need to bring in uh, other uh, trusted friends or mentors that are willing to hold this spouse accountable. Right. Uh, and or that might even mean eventually going to the elders uh, uh, in your congregation. To, That's what they're there for. To, for them to uh, force accountability. If you're being sinned against uh, and or your spouse is not willing to uh, seek oneness and restoration with you, then that's something that needs to be dealt with uh, by someone who who is willing to hold them accountable. Right. So today, I think our, we're going to primarily address a spouse that has been hurt, right? right That's sure. the, the point of view that the email was written from. So we can't dwell on the betrayer's role 
in that process. But like you said, I think a whole nother episode could be done on that. Um, But know this, if, if you are the offender, if you are the one that has betrayed, then you have to demonstrate that you feel that pain and that that, that the pain that you have caused, and you have to be willing to change your behavior because nothing can happen until you're willing to see it for yourself. Right. Absolutely right. Right. So maybe we'll save that for another episode, Matt, but let's take a break here. And when we come back, let's keep diving into how the spouse that has been offended should go about handling that. Perfect. Hey, Jen. The clock is ticking. Wait, did I leave something in the oven? Uh, no, not this time. That smoke you're smelling is from me thinking about all of the great ideas we have for the upcoming marriage retreat this September. Yes, and it's definitely time for you to register because spots are filling up fast. We really don't want anyone to miss out on all the great activities we have planned. And just like last year, we are staying at the beautiful and luxurious Houston City Place Marriott, located in North Houston near the Woodlands. The guest rooms are very comfortable and romantic. The conference room and the service is incredible. It really is a resort-like atmosphere. We will be engaging discussions centered on our theme, Enlightening an Intimate Covenant magnifying the spiritual connection in your marriage. Our goal this year is to learn to enhance our spiritual connection with each other and with God through our emotional and sexual relationship in marriage. Yes, we are really excited about this theme. The content will be all new and presented in some new and fun ways. But don't worry, you won't be sitting in boring lectures all day. Rest assured, there is lots of free time built in so that you have plenty of alone time with each other and time to spend with some of the dozens of other covenant-focused couples that will also be there. It will be a weekend for relaxation with your beloved and building up of your relationship. Every marriage can benefit, young or old, happy or struggling, or anywhere in between. But the clock is ticking. Register now and save your spot with just a $200 deposit. Go to www.intimatecovenant.com. All right, Matt. So before the break, we talked about the importance of first being willing to confront where you have been offended, where have you been hurt from your spouse, Um, both confront that within your own self and then confront your spouse with that. And I think that really helps move us into kind of asking the question, how? (laughs) How do you actually go about doing that? Well, it it obviously has to start with a conversation. Right. Just like, I mean, don't we say this every single episode? Here we are again, telling people that you got to talk. You have to actually have a a conversation about this. But this conversation needs to be done in the right way and in the right kind of setting. Right. Um, Right. That said, I mean, many spouses that have been hurt by their their significant other, uh, are content to just simply stay stuck in that anger, resentment, the bitterness, that cold distance, or even apathy. Uh, They're they're willing to just stay there. That's a hard thing to be saying, Matt. Like, right? We feel like that if you've been hurt... The society around us tells tells us then you have a right to hold on to your hurt and and again I mean we started by saying you should feel it right oh, wow. don't 100%. deny how 
your spouse's actions have, have caused you pain. But what you're saying, Matt, is all too often, if we really look in the mirror, we're not confronting our spouse about that because it feels good to stay stuck in that hurt. Oh, yeah. And and sometimes yeah. that kind of attitude may be pointing towards something bigger or broader right. in the relationship, some bigger issues, some bigger problems in the relationship. Yeah. This kind of holding on to the hurt from certain uh, betrayals is used as a power play by some spouses. Uh, it, right. It, and that kind of dynamic, you know, in other words, if... If you've done something wrong to me, then I can hold that over your head. And I want to hold it over your head for as long as possible because then I get whatever I want. Yeah. You did this to me, so now you're going to pay. Right. Um, And that is a very unhealthy attitude. Um, And really, it demonstrates an overall unhealthy relationship dynamic that's being fueled by selfishness and this self-preservation ideal instead of oneness. Right. Um, it, it demonstrates that there's probably some insecurities in that relationship, um, that there are some unhealthy relational skills being demonstrated by probably both, at least one, but probably both spouses, and that one or both of these spouses have some very unhealthy coping mechanisms. Right. So if you're, if you're a spouse that has been hurt and you're recognizing within yourself that you're desiring to just stay stuck in that hurt, what should you do? Well, you, you've got to face it. I mean, you, you have to talk about that. And in some cases, it may mean that you need to get some, you need to have a conversation with a professional about this. Right. Why is it that I can't get over this? Why is it that I um, have a hard time dealing with this pain? Why is it that I can't move on from this pain? Why can't I let my spouse off the hook Yeah. in these cases? And, and I think that's, that's right, Matt, because again, whether this betrayal is a big betrayal or a little betrayal, you're never going to move on to oneness and the fullness of intimacy unless true forgiveness can be extended and offered, right? Yeah. And so if if you can't find it within yourself to truly forgive your spouse as in not continually holding it against them, right? When the the next time that there is a similar behavior done, you're quick to bring up a whole laundry list of all the times before that they've they've behaved that way. Um if if that's what you're tempted to do, that's shining a light within your own heart that you need to confront. Right. And, you know, it, it's true that, that these things can't heal unless you face them. Right. But if all you're doing when you're talking about this with your spouse or hopefully not behind your spouse's back with your friends is just yeah. simply reliving all of the trauma over and over and over again, and you're completely overwhelmed by these other past hurts and the other traumas, um, you're you're doing this in the wrong way. Right. The discussion that you have with your spouse needs to be geared towards resolution right. and hearing each other and feeling for each other and moving in a positive direction. But it, let me just throw out some red flags. If you're coming up in these conversations and all you get to is that at the end of the conversation, you're both 
angry and hurt instead of united towards resolution, that's a red flag that you might need to bring in a professional or a mentor. Yes. Yes. If the conversation just simply devolves into an accounting of previous wrongdoings, Mm -hmm. or you're just going back and forth comparing how you did something wrong, but you know, or I did something wrong, but you did something wronger. Um, mm-hmm. That that's a red flag that right. this conversation is not productive towards resolution, or, or maybe you feel like every time you bring something up, it it always turns out that it's your fault. Yeah, that's a red flag that's too. A red right? Flag. If if one spouse is always the one at fault, well, that's never reality, yeah, right? right? If you don't feel heard, yeah. If you get to the end of these conversations and you just don't feel heard, then that's maybe a time when a responsible third party should be brought in to help you work through these conversations in a more productive way. Right, right. Because sometimes it can best be guided. These conversations can best be guided by those trained professionals, especially if that trauma comes from a place that that has caused deep deep trauma, deep pain, if that betrayal, you know, has caused that deep trauma, um, and the grief and the anger are just not subsiding, then then that is a place to bring in some additional help. Yeah. There's no shame in that. Because And sometimes those betrayals really are just rubbing old wounds, right? old trauma that needs to be dealt with. And that may be something that needs to be dealt with first before you can even get to the betrayal that's occurred with your spouse in a, in a more healthy way. Right. And I think also, Matt, when it comes to how do we go about discussing this, I think it's really important, too, that we do the hard work of really understanding what's happening on a deeper level. What has led to this betrayal? Sure. And often we just tend to discuss the immediate um, problem, like, what you said and what we did and how I reacted, and we never get into that deeper level, yeah. right? Which is why then you end up in a situation like our like our listener where moments of supposed to be incredible intimacy are bringing her to tears. Right. That's a red flag that you haven't gotten to that deeper level. So it's important that we understand the 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 more the deeper part of the whys, what led to this well, and sure. what happened. I, I think a classic example of that is, you know, uh, for instance, a husband has an affair that cheats on his wife, and which is horrible. All, it's horrible, and all of the attention goes towards the husband and berating him for having an affair and how could you do this and mm-hmm. terrible. Instead of certainly he he bears tremendous responsibility for that, and there's no excuse, and he he bears the consequences of that, but. Uh, sometimes we never step back and look at the entire relationship. Where, What was it about either this husband's internal workings that led yeah. him away from his, his secure relationship? Or what was it about the relationship that pushed him away from his wife towards an affair? And so, you know, often it doesn't excuse him, but understanding that dynamic it's it, important. It's so much, it, there's it's such importance because that's what helps prevent it from happening again. Right. I mean, we're not saying that, you know, in that case, uh, one spouse has 
caused the other spouse to break their covenant and seek an affair. But what we are saying is you've got to do the hard work of understanding the dynamics, the whole dynamics. And both of you, the betrayer. Whether it's a big betrayal, like a sexual affair, or little betrayals, like one spouse making a really bad decision or, you know, doing, making a decision that goes against what the other spouse wanted, you know, oh, yeah. so right. And, and both of you, the betrayer and the betrayed, both have a role in trying to understand the dynamic of why that occurred and right. how can we prevent that in the future. Right. Again, it's not to excuse anybody, but understanding the reasons can help make it better in the future. Uh, because, you know, if you're bringing this up and your only goal of bringing this up is vengeance, or your only goal of bringing it up is so that you can now hurt your spouse because you think that will make you feel better, hmm. well, then that's all you're going to get. And that that vengeful relief only lasts so it's, long. It's temporary. It's right? temporary, and it doesn't... It doesn't build intimacy. It doesn't, no, it doesn't <laughs> no. bring anything to the relationship. Right, right. And so you both must do the hard work of understanding the dynamics of it all, and then that will help rebuild trust, right? right? Slowly. Because this is never going to be a one-and-done event. A a betrayal that has caused significant trauma within your marriage, that's not a one conversation type event. And and you are wrong if you try to hold your spouse to one conversation, I said I'm sorry, therefore we should move past this, right? That's not how you develop intimacy. That's not how you further understand the dynamics. Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, trust is something that has to be built over time. And when you break that trust, it has to be rebuilt. Right. That Forgive happens. and forget is ridiculously unrealistic. Right. Right. right? Especially, especially if that betrayal is, is deep. No, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a slow process to rebuild that. But trust is the fuel for intimacy. There yeah. is no intimacy without trust. And trust comes from this true forgiveness. But true forgiveness happens in layers. Because mm. when you're hurt initially, you don't always necessarily recognize how deep that hurt is until you've gone a little bit further down the road. When, when this spouse in the email was hurt by her husband, whatever it was that he did or said, do you think at that moment she 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 knew when when that happened she just you think she just knew that that was going to impact her sex life? No, right? Of course not. Yeah. And so it's only later that she comes to the realization that this is impacting now my sex life as well or our sex life as well. Yeah, right. And so she needs to bring this up again. Right. And make sure that her husband understands this is still impacting me in a different way. I forgive you for for what happened. But you need to know that this is impacting me in a different way. And I need to know that you're with me in this. I need to know that we are together in this. Right. Because full forgiveness can only come as the fullness of the effect is realized. And that is going to take time. Right. But if you want full forgiveness, you have to be willing to hear the fullness of the pain. Yeah, that's true. You've got to hear it all. You've got to sit with it all. You've got to be there in the moment with your spouse as they are suffering and know, let them know that you know right? that you feel it. And that's how you turn it into a we problem, right. not a you against me. Right. Right. And ultimately, then you've got to see the power of healing that is found in that full connection with your beloved, right? 
the, right. the power of emotional connection that leads to that sexual connection is, is huge. Because what heals trauma is not getting them to say the right words. It's not getting them to uh, see, see things your way or shower you with gifts or whatever. What really heals trauma is secure relationship. Yes. And when you feel that secureness and you rebuild those attachments and you deepen the level of intimacy and you go through something difficult together, that's what heals the pain and the wounds. Because there is no greater fullness of intimacy that is found on this side of heaven than what is possible through sexual union with our beloved. Right. And the fullness of the union that that represents. Right. And I don't mean just having sex, just intercourse itself doesn't heal a wound. But when that sexual relationship is the product Mm -hmm. of everything that you've built and everything that you've lived through and all of those connections culminating in that relationship together, that's what heals trauma. Right. And, and that, that alone should show us the power of the sexual union as God intended it, right? This is not just a physical thing that a husband and wife get to do with their bodies. This is about our souls. And then there's a, there's a reason that she wants to cry in her sexual relationship in that, those moments, because in those moments, she feels that disconnect that is happening well, on a spiritual yeah, level. She feels on, vulnerable. Absolutely. I mean, that sexual intimacy requires vulnerability and maybe some of the most important vulnerability. That's why I think one reason God gives us sex is to absolutely. require vulnerability. So don't ignore those feelings. You need to be listening to those feelings and recognizing that if you feel especially vulnerable with your spouse, uh, you feel especially that's when you feel hurt. You need to, to you need to discuss that and understand right. why. And frankly, interrupt your sexual intimacy yes. and work towards further healing. Yes. Don't hide those tears. If you need to say, "Look, I'm really feeling this right now in the moment. Can yeah. we just pause? Right. Hold each other. Talk pray about together. it. Pray together." Right. Um, I mean, in the end, your relationship and your sex will result in greater oneness and, and better sex. Yeah. Right. The, 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 I can't imagine you're having a whole lot of sexual enjoyment if you're holding back tears. Right. Right. And, and so I think also, Matt, it's important then that we give ourselves a compelling reason to want sex again. Right. A closer relationship with our spouse. Yes. When we've been hurt, that should drive us to wanting to fix that, seeing the hope of restoration that is possible and meant to be within our marriage. Our marriages are meant to proclaim the story of the gospel, including the restoration that comes from forgiveness. Yep, exactly right. Believe and know in your heart of hearts that covenant love is stronger than your past hurts and your fears. The reality of living out a covenant marriage in a broken world is that we will inevitably sin against each other and we will inevitably hurt each other. But our Heavenly Father is a God of healing both now and to come. And redemption 
comes every time you embrace the power of healing. Yeah. Every time you exchange your pain for the true joy and pleasure of intimate, emotional, and sexual connection. Well said, Matt. I think it's time to give us our wrap-up. Okay. The first step to overcoming betrayal is that you have to admit your feelings of hurt and anger and resentment or grief, and you must then confront yourself and your spouse with those feelings. Doing so means you need to talk about it in the right way and in the right setting. And finally, you must believe in the power of healing that is found in a full connection with your beloved. All right, that's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jen, for feeling well <laughs> enough to join me. I'm glad to be back. So much better with two. <laughs> if you have something to add, we would love to have your feedback, your questions, your suggestions via the email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about how betrayal has affected intimacy within your marriage. Where are the places that you have hurt or been hurt? And what can you do to work towards oneness together? Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing to the podcast. Thanks for rating the podcast. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.